What is up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. I'm one of the hosts here. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me, for downloading this episode, for checking it out. I know there are tons of podcasts out there, and so I appreciate you taking some time out of your day and checking out my show. Hey, today on the podcast, I am really, really excited for you guys to check this episode out. It is with one of my real estate mentors, Brian J. Hurd. You guys have probably heard me talk about Be Heard in Utah. Uh, the real estate team that I was part of at Keller Williams. Well, a couple weeks ago, Brian told us, hey, I'm dissolving the team. We're going to get into that here on this podcast. We're going to talk about it, kind of talk about what made him want to dissolve the the real estate team. But we're also going to talk about other aspects of Brian's life. We're going to talk about the Evolution Project, this new um, project that he's part of and or that he's created. And we're going to talk about what uh, what motivated him to start it and what that's all about. We talk about a podcast that he's doing part of that and just some different things uh, regarding the Evolution Project. But we also talk a lot about living authentically in this episode. We talk a lot about mindset. We just talk about keeping things positive, which I think everybody can benefit with listening to this episode even if you're not into real estate. I know you're like, oh my gosh, Chris, what are you turning I Am Salt Lake into a real estate podcast? No, don't worry. I'm not not going to do that. I just wanted to bring Brian on the podcast because he has been such an important part in my life over the last few months. And I kind of wanted him to uh, be able to share his story on my platform because I think a lot of you guys uh, could benefit from that. Hey, are you looking at moving to Utah maybe? Are you looking at maybe moving across town? Are you looking at maybe downsizing or maybe looking for something a little bit bigger because you need a home office? Well, I can help you out, guys. I'm a licensed realtor at Keller Williams, and I'd love to help you find your home in the Salt Lake Valley. Whether you're moving here, whether you live here already, give me a call. I'd love to help you out. I'd love to make the process as easy as possible. My number is 801 244-2908. You can call me. You could text me. If you have any questions uh, regarding real estate, if you have any questions regarding selling your home, give me a call, give me a holler, and uh, I'd love to help you out. Hey, like I said, Brian J. Hurd is on this episode of the podcast. Really excited for you guys to listen to this. Really excited for you guys to get to know him because... uh, I think he's a great guy, and I think he is doing some really cool things. Really excited for you to listen to his story. So without any more chit-chat on my end, let's get into that conversation that I had with Brian J. Hurd. This was recorded uh, in his office at Keller Williams, so I think that kind of helped add to the vibe of this conversation. So anyway, let's get into it. Enjoy. Brian J. Hurd, how do I introduce this episode? I, I don't even know where to begin with this one, man. I... I'm excited to uh, chat with you and get to know you better. You've been a, a big part of my life over the last couple of months. I'm kind of I, I want I want the listeners of this podcast to really understand the impact you've put you've made on my life that you've you put on me and 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 my thoughts and and my actions and then my real estate career. Yeah, I owe a lot to you, and so I'm very grateful to have you on my show and and get to know you and and get to know a little bit about uh, Be Heard in Utah, uh, a real estate team that is kind of changing direction and, and changing um, ways, I guess we will get into here on the, on the episode that, that I, I was lucky enough to be a part of for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I want to start 
with a light question here, Brian. It's it's not a typical way I start a podcast out, but besides real estate, besides work, what brings Brian joy? What brings joy to your life? I uh connection, really. I mean, just authentic connection with people. Um and and truly uh authentic connection with myself. Uh new experiences bring a lot of joy to my life. Uh Nature brings a lot of joy to my life, and um, obviously, like my family brings a lot of joy to my life. My wife, my kids. Um, I just really believe that uh, my life matters, and every day matters. And so, I think I just what makes me tick is just being grateful and waking up every day and showing up for myself first and foremost, and then you know, taking that joy and that those feelings that I have inside and then kind of going forth in the day and being me, you know, and hopefully that, that like comes out, that part comes out in my interaction. It comes out. It comes out, man. Yeah. Definitely comes out. But uh, what got you into real estate? Let's go back there. Let's start with with that, man. Like uh, I'm kind of curious this story. Yeah. So uh, this is actually a really interesting story because I was on a path to become an accountant. Really? Yeah. It could have been one of the worst decisions of my life. And uh, long story short, I was going to school at Utah State. To become a CPA in the state of Utah, you actually have to pass a CPA exam. You have to get a master's degree. And so going into my senior year, I had an internship with Wasatch Property Management, and um, they own a ton of commercial apartments and stuff, right? And um, I was in their auditing department. It was like a part-time job. There was a guy named Curtis Anderson who was the CFO of the company. I was My job was to do things to prepare for the audit, like depreciation schedules and um, like verification of different things and accounts and stuff. It was honestly the most boring job ever. I was in, a, I was in front of an Excel sheet in a computer all day long in a cubicle well, not all day long, six hours a day, three days a week. What even got you interested, though? I mean, sorry to cut you off there, yeah. but for an accountant, I mean, who who put that idea in your head or how did that idea even get in your head? Because I wanted to own a business and it seemed like accounting. Everyone says like accounting's the language of business. Okay. okay. And so I remember thinking like, well, now if I could go back again and do college, I could do it all over again, <laughs> I would have gotten a degree in marketing with an emphasis in psychology. We'd all do things different. Yeah, though, right? totally different. And, uh, but you know, it was what it was. And, uh, so I went down this path of accounting, knowing that it wasn't going to be like my long-term gig. It was just going to be somewhere where I could, you know, get in the game, get some, uh, reps, and then hopefully at some point either work into a management position or kind of start my own thing. But I had real estate was not on my mind. Not at all. Not at all. And my father-in-law was a broker and owner of a Remax. And so, what ha- and you were married at this time. We were married. Okay. I got married my junior year in college. Uh, the summer between my junior and senior year, I sold. I, I was an assistant to my father-in-law, like basically like opening houses and doing contract work and stuff. He was super nice to me, you know, like a summer job. It was an opportunity for us to get to know each other. Uh, my father-in-law is still one of my best friends to this day. I would absolutely, like I feel very fortunate that I can say that. I worked with my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, and they're, two people that have had massive influence on my life. And uh, that year between my senior year, I was doing that internship and I had this meeting with the CFO and basically he asked me if I liked accounting 
And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, do I tell him the truth or do I just lie? Like, I hate it. Yeah, because I don't like it. Yeah. And I said, Curtis, honestly, no, I don't really love accounting. And he's like, oh, I'm glad you told me the truth. I can tell that you really don't like it. <laughs> we had this conversation. And then he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that if I have a mentor and I work with people and I do something that I really like, I think I'll be successful at whatever I do. I just don't know what that is. And then I went on to tell him about how the summer before I'd worked with my father-in-law and how, how much I enjoyed real estate. And it had all these elements that I really loved about it. And he said, I think you should look into that. That sounds like a really great opportunity for you on the things that are important to you. And so I opened up a dialogue with my father-in-law. I said, yeah, come down. You can work with me. And I went from planning to go to getting a master's degree in accounting to packing my house up. Ben Ames packed my house up, by the way. He's like my really good buddy. And I need to give him a credit for that for the rest of my life because he literally almost packed my whole house into a... Well, I mean, it was hey, like, where, where were you living at this? We time? were living up at, in, in Logan. Okay. Actually, this is kind of one of my claim to fame. I was living at Deloy Hansen's base uh, apartment above his garage, and so I like literally like I'd know Deloy was the owner of Wasatch Property Management. Long story short, my wife knew his daughter, and we got hooked up there, and that's how I got the job with Wasatch Property Management. Dude, that's throughout. awesome. Yeah, and so um, and Deloy really is a nice guy. That's my like, he is a nice guy. I know he rubs some people the wrong way, but he he was someone that really helped us out did you get to hang out with him at all yeah i mean i got to i yeah, mean there was one morning i got up in the house and i like walked around the house and i heard people and i was like because he was gone a ton of the time and i heard someone i'm like walking in the house i'm like hello and then he's like oh hey brian it's just me come on downstairs and like i end up having a talk with him downstairs and he's just like hanging out and dude that is awesome it was really cool he was really he's a really great guy that is really awesome so back to the whole story yeah, yeah. i i uh packed up everything decided not to get a master's degree and started doing real estate in um, essentially the spring of 2005 after I graduated. I did still graduate with a degree in accounting. I had a minors in Spanish, and um, but my life completely pivoted at that point. Uh, How old were you at this time? Probably uh, 23. 23, so young. Young man. Young, young, young Brian. Man. Yeah, young Brian. Turning turning 24 in July, so I was 23 and a half. And um, we moved down here. We moved into a two bedroom apartment in West Jordan. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our first son, Camden. We literally moved down here, had a baby like three weeks later. Uh, so, so I got the apartment, moved down here, had a baby three weeks later, bought my first house two months later. Did you know people in this area? I mean, this Chandy's this was, from South Jordan. Now, so where's your old stomping? Are, are you from Salt Lake? So no? the quick version of that is I, I claim Boise, Idaho. Okay. I freaking love Idaho, by the way. I'll be in Idaho again someday. Yeah. I know it. It's my it's it's my heart. But I grew up in California, Bay okay. Area most of my life till I was like 16 and a half. The only reason I asked that is because you were you started real estate way up in Logan. Yeah. Okay. Well, well time out. when I was doing Logan, I, I was actually in Salt Lake. Okay. So oh, I so was, you started real estate. I came in- down for a summer, did okay. it down here, and then went back up to school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to follow the story. That's here. I'm glad you asked because it might be confusing. Yeah. So when you move to the area, you're doing real estate yeah. in Salt Lake City, but you don't know anybody? Not really. I mean, there were some people graduating that you were getting like jobs. You know everybody at this point, though. Well, that's that's how it starts, Chris. Yeah. What I knew is, is I had a desire to learn this thing called real estate. I looked at my father-in-law, who had been very successful in real estate, and I remember thinking, like, I could do this, yeah. you know? Like, I like people. 
I believe in home ownership, so that's not crazy. I don't feel like I'm selling a vacuum, you know. And uh, do you not believe in vacuums? Well, I just don't just believe kidding. in a vacuum if I don't need one, right? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that that's always the, the door-to-door salesman with vacuums, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe in home ownership, and Doug was a great mentor. I mean, he he obviously had a vested interest in in my success, and uh, he took a chance on me, and um, he he literally taught me the foundation of what it's like to build a, re- a relationship-based referral business. And I kind of feel like I got on a fast track because instead of trying to figure out like, how am I going to do this? I kind of just came into somebody's system and it really struck a chord with me. Like I identified with it. I believed in it. And um, on, on top of that, Doug had enough business that he could throw a buyer my way every once in a while just because he was so busy all the time. Right. So it was kind of even like an incentive in that too. It was nice, right? Like he didn't want me to die. <laughs> he wanted me to take care of his daughter. So that was nice. So, so here we are, what, 17 years later. Yes. Still doing real estate. Still swinging it. Here's a question. Do you think anybody can do real estate based off of doing it for 17 years? You, you've seen people come and go. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people go and you've seen yeah. a lot of people come. You know what I found interesting about that question? There's been people that I've seen come into real estate where I thought, that guy's going to be good at real estate. Yeah. You know, he or girl or whatever, right? They look like they have the it factor. They're very social. They know a lot of people. And turns out they're not successful. And then I've seen other people where I meet them and I'm like, there ain't no way this person could be successful at real estate. But they just got a really great work ethic. They show up every day. They do what they say they're going to do. And they just are teachable and they're successful. And so I I believe that there are natural tendencies and abilities that will help you be more successful quicker in real estate. But I really believe at the core, I do believe with the right mentorship in the right program, I think anyone could be successful in real estate. Now, what level of success? That's a relative term, but I think I think people could make it a career. Yes. The reason I ask that is because there's so many people there's especially here in Utah. We yes. have so many realtors. Right. And so many people thinking, oh it's a quick way to make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I can get rich really fast. Yeah. And then they get into the industry and they realize it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, okay. So yeah. that probably, that last answer was probably like my hopeful answer. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you it's, it's a hundred percent commission based job. Yeah. And I will tell you it is a mind, it is a mind gym because you're essentially you know, 100% commission, and you are trying to ultimately help people get from where they're at to where they want to go, right? And the truth is, is everybody knows a real estate agent, and uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean they should work with that real estate agent. Not everybody knows a good real Bingo. estate Yeah, agent. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I feel like, you know, they talk about that whole like 10,000 hour mastery. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to someone that definitely has probably a couple rounds of the 10,000 hours rule applied. So it's like, maybe there's a level that I forgot yeah. of what it's like. I can tell you that I'm very aware that I started in a very um, opportunistic environment when I started. Well, 05 was, was I mean, that the market was pretty good. It was similar well, to it the was market. Right, I guess it was right before the crash, though. That's right. It was similar to the market we've been in for the last couple of years. When, when I came in, I just thought, I, I literally thought, like, geez, I can sell a couple houses a month. Now, keep in mind, the houses were like, you know, 180 yeah, what was to 250,000 uh-huh. K. Wow. 
And I mean, you sold a big house if you sold a four or five hundred thousand dollar house. You were, yeah. that's like a million and a half now. Okay. Wow. And so, but I mean, I could sell a couple houses a month, and I remember I was making after you know everything was said and done. I felt like I was making six to ten grand a month as a twenty-four-year-old kid, and I remember thinking, "You're like, this is great. I got to figure it out. Yeah, right? like, like, hey, this is the life. This is great, exactly." And then, as everybody knows, it's like I just say it's like the faucet just turned off. Yeah, in the summer of two thousand and seven, and for six months it was kind of like, "Oh, this is weird. What's going on? You know, this isn't normal." And I think we didn't really understand. Nobody really understood how crazy it was. Yeah. Until 2008. And then 2008 hit and it was kind of like, this isn't changing right now. This is actually getting worse. And inventory was increasing and builders were starting to go up and go out of business. And there was just a lot of like shifting going on. And, you know, I kind of say like the tide went out. The tide went out and you find out who's got pants on, you know? I like that. And there's a lot of people that didn't have pants on. And uh, the next three years of my life was just a grind like a hardcore grind, like to the bones. I'm going to take just a minute now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. Yes, you heard me right, utahmarijuana.org. I love these guys. They have been a sponsor of this podcast for, gosh, it's been a couple of years now, so I appreciate their support. And remember, when you guys support them, uh, you're directly supporting the podcast. UtahMarijuana.org, they are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. UtahMarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they're going to make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. They have over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers that are ready to help you find relief so you won't have to search for a doctor that's willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now they're offering an exclusive discount code to listeners of I Am Salt Lake. Use the uh, code GREEN25. Again, that code is GREEN25. This is going to give you $25 off your first visit. So you're going to save $25, plus you're going to let them know you're a listener of the podcast and tell them thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Again, that code is GREEN25. Head on over to utahmarijuana.org and check out all their locations along the Wasatch Front. They have locations um, all up and down the Wasatch Front. UtahMarijuana.org, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Let's get back into that conversation that we had with Brian J. Hurd. Thanks so much for listening, guys. But I want to jump into the real estate team. Sure. Be Hurd in Utah. Let's do it. I mean, what made you even want to put a team together? Yeah. How did that idea even come in your head? Were you just like sitting around the office one day and you're like, hey, I think I want to put a team together. That seems like a great idea. Because that seems like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. During those during those three years, um, what I realized is I didn't want to do it alone. And um, what I realized is that I needed help. And what I realized is, is that I just had this deep-rooted belief that I could help people and that I could I could help people. I could help people find the best version of themselves. And I felt like when people can find that, 
like life just gets a little bit easier. And then I decided I was just going to use real estate as a platform to kind of bring about my my song, you know, like I call it the art and science of real estate. And over the years, I just kind of put something together where I kind of thought this has worked for me. And if I can teach these people and help bring out the best version of them, why not? And so the team for me, it kind of became, it, it was formed out of necessity, to be honest with you. It was formed out of the fact that I wanted to eat dinner with my family a couple times a week. And uh, I wanted to go to my kids' soccer games on Saturday. And um, I wasn't, I was out of alignment with that. I wasn't doing any of that. I felt like I was waking up early and leaving sometimes before the kids got up. And I would get home sometimes by the time they went to bed. Yeah. And I just remember I was thinking, like, this isn't sustainable. And so it was born out of necessity because I just, I, I figured, I was like, there has to be a better way. I can't keep doing this and I need to figure this out. And so like mother is the, uh, necessity yeah. is the mother of all creation. Is creating a team kind of a typical move then for real estate people to make, to be able to start scaling their business? Is that a pretty common? Yeah, I think it's a natural growth path okay. because what happens is, is you get in, you know, uh, Keller Williams has a book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent and they have different stages. Yeah, And I actually think it's a, well-written book. I would I agree with the principles and philosophies. Your, your first hire is going to be an assistant because you need help with back-end stuff, running a team. Your, your second hire, they say, should be like another assistant. I I shifted and went to a buyer's assistant. And, um, you know, the, the easiest way to, with any business, to increase your business is to do an excellent job with the business that you have. You know, and so... If you make that first and foremost and say, I want to create an experience that's going to be so fantastic that people would gladly, you know, introduce me to their friends and family, not because they feel like obligated, but because they they genuinely believe it's in their friend's best interest and they can tell that I care. Like, that's how I'm going to grow my business. And it worked. It does work. It worked, you know. And um, as time went on, the thing is, is I always felt like my team kind of grew naturally with the people that came into my life. You attracted them. Yeah. I don't ever feel like I was really like full press, like we need to get this many people or this or that. I just kind of was always open to the conversation. And then I kind of knew what I was looking for. And when someone would come along that I felt like met the criteria and uh, met the culture and I felt like I'd be happy to like help be a mentor in their life, then I would do that. And how long has the team been around? Like, what what so year was this problem? I consider the team form in 2010. Okay. Chris Cox was the first person that I hired as an assistant. Uh, then my brother uh, Scott Hurd came along, like a little like a little bit after that. And um, you know, then it was just people came along as time went on. And it just kept growing. But it was never huge. I mean, yeah. There like, was what's always, the biggest it's ever gotten? Biggest it ever got was probably like. 10 people total. Okay. But that's like agents, admin, everybody, right? Did you never want to get it huge? Or yeah, what? I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I uh, I guess the simple answer is I never really pushed it to be bigger than it was. I just kind of found spaces that it was comfortable and good, yeah. you know? How do I put this into words? Um <laughs> No, 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 no. We're gonna go. Take so, a drink of water. Yeah, this take a drink a of water because this is this is a this is a question for you, Brian. A couple weeks ago, you brought me into your office. Yeah. You told me that uh, you were dissolving the team. Yeah. 
And I thought you were kidding at first. I know. You looked at me and you were like, are you serious? And I was like, oh boy. I mean, here, I I just joined the team, what, like end of October, November? Yeah. I mean, I've only been part of the team a few months. Yeah. I just felt like I was finally getting to know know all you guys, including yourself. I mean, even you and I, I feel like we've developed our own friendship over the last, outside of even real estate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think so. I would agree with that. And I was like, crap, now what do I do? Yeah. You know, like, I, like, like I, I, I lost my team. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, was that a hard decision for you to, I mean, I'm sure it was. <laughs> yes is the answer. I mean, what, I mean, how, I don't even know where to go there. Cause I don't want to, ah, well, how about this? Can I tell you how, like how it came yeah, about? Yeah. So I've kind of been on this cliff for a little while. Yeah. Because. One of the things I take really seriously is like when you run a team, I have responsibilities for those people, right? Like I absolutely have responsibilities for each one of those people and and the way I show up and, you know, making sure that they understand how to do real estate and those things, right? Like mentorship, let's just call it that, right? The challenge I've been running into, Chris, is I've been in this space where I've been trying to figure out what does real estate look like in my life, right? You know, I sat there. I mean, this is like months and months and months. It wasn't like I just all of a sudden. Oh, I'm sure you didn't just wake up one no, day. No, I mean, and- I, I'd been there for almost two years because I was at this place. So really what got me going on it was I was in a conversation with my brother, Scott. This is like a year or two years ago. And uh, he left the team three years ago. And you know, obviously he's my brother, so we stay in contact with each other. And I've just been observing him and I'm like, Scott's got his life like figured out. Like he he's he just seems like he's in a groove. He's like pursuing the things that really like light him up. And the thing that I was finding is is like there was so much identity wrapped around having a team for me within myself. Right? I like the feeling I get when my team succeeds when individual team members succeed. I love that feeling. I love the validation it gives me. I love the, right? Like that's the reward of mentorship and leadership. Sure. But as time's gone on, I've been like, I just haven't found myself as engaged as I once was. And I've been trying to like figure that out. Like what's going on? What's going on? And then, you know, we'll probably talk more about this, the evolution project. Oh yeah. We're definitely going to get into that. Definitely get into that. And, And the thing is, is like, that was like a passion project started during COVID that like kind of reignited me again. And like whenever I would do it, I just felt like I was I was just lit up again, you know? And then I'd come back and I'd be like, oh God, I don't, I don't feel that way. And it had nothing to do with anybody on the team. It wasn't, it, it, that, that's what I'm saying. It had, it wasn't like them. It was like, it was inside of me. Like I was going through my own evolution project. And I kept thinking like, how do you, how do you go to your team and say like, my heart's not really here anymore, right? And I still love you guys. Plus you wanted to make sure that that was really what you wanted. You didn't want to just wake up one day and say, okay, well, I've been thinking about this, guys. What do you think? It's like, yeah. well, no, you throw that out there. It's like, we're going to take it serious. It's, it's Pandora's box, dude. Yeah. And, and the truth is, is I think Josh and Rich and I think they knew. I mean, last year, I definitely did some things that I was trying to like, 
You're like, I've been trying to like, like dissolve like, the team here, well, guys. It wasn't dissolving the team last year. It was like I was trying to figure some things out. Oh, okay, okay. And the truth is, is like, Josh, they, they're all fantastic. They really are all fantastic. I just think subconsciously I knew what I wanted. And I was I was acting out of accordance with what I wanted, right? And like what I really wanted was I wanted a really small team in the sense of, I wanted an assistant and I wanted someone to help me with some like showings and things like that when I needed it. I still wanted to do real estate. I've got 18 years of relationships with people. I think I'm really good at it, right? So it wasn't like I it wasn't like I didn't want to do real estate anymore. I just didn't know what place mentorship held in real estate anymore for me. And as time went on, it just became more and more apparent that I would do the evolution project and have kind of like these experiences where I'd be like, oh my gosh, dude, my soul feels so full right now. And then I, you know, do things with the team and it wasn't that my soul didn't feel full. It's just like, I just felt less and less engaged in the conversation. And it was, it was tearing me up, dude. Cause, cause I, I do feel like I'm a, I'm a person that's very authentic and, um, I didn't, know how to proceed in a way that would uh, be I just didn't know the right way to proceed yeah that would be authentic to you yeah that'd be authentic to me and still respect the people around me that I that I care about these people a lot you know and so I mean I'm like I'm like walking through this and you know the definition of cognitive dissonance essentially is is like wanting something and then living everything outside of that right yeah. and and like you feel the pull right and um, I just I just kept feeling like life was calling me towards something. And when I would do the evolution project, it felt very it much felt, in it flow. Felt you. It felt in flow. Yeah, yeah it felt yeah. me. And and just and you know, it's it's still in a very early stage. Keep in mind. But I just had this epiphany where I'm like, the amount of time that I spend in team stuff. What if I actually just put that towards the evolution project? Still did real estate, but like on just a really small level, like small team, right? And did the evolution project six times a year and started to actually build that out. You know, I've told you I've been recording a podcast for the last couple of months and it's like I need to get launched on that. I think there's a book inside of me, to be honest with you. I think there's there's just a song to sing and real estate still holds a space in my life. But it's like I always used to tell people, real estate's what I do, but it's not who I am. And I think anybody that knows me knows that is that is 110% true. It's time to take just a minute now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors, the Salt Lake Barber Company. Hey, if you guys need a haircut, a beard trim, or a straight razor shave, the Salt Lake Barber Company is the place to go. I've been going there, gosh, it's got to be six, seven, even eight years now. Isaac over there, he's one of the barbers. We've had him on the podcast even. He does an amazing job, always makes my hair look good, always cleans up the beard, really rad dude. Salt Lake Barber Company, they are located at 10 East, 800 South. They offer haircuts, beard trim, straight razor shaves, and they are truly a true community barbershop. They focus on providing the best work environment possible and allowing barbers to always provide the highest quality experience while you're in the chair. They do take walk-ins if they're available, but why not just get a guaranteed appointment 
You can book it online really easy, saltlakebarberco.com. Head on over there. You select your barber, you select the services, boom, bada, bing. You got a guaranteed appointment. That way you don't have to worry if uh, they got some time to cut your hair. Again, their website, saltlakebarberco.com. Go there, book your appointment online, go get a haircut, and go let them know that you heard about them on I Am Salt Lake Podcast, and go let them know that you uh, appreciate them being one of our sponsors. All right, with that being said, let's get back into that conversation that I had with Brian J. Hurd. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Let's get back into it. This would be a perfect segue to go into the Evolution Project. Yeah which I want to go into, but I do want to find out, and I'm sure people are on the edge of their seats, <laughs> wonder, I mean, you've kind of, I've already kind of uh, said what the, what Be Heard in Utah is yeah. kind of turning into, yeah. but what is the future? I mean, uh, is it just, you said a small team, maybe one or two individuals? Yeah, I mean. I mean, what, uh, where do you see, see the team? Okay, so a little bit more information on that. So um, I've wanted to buy a commercial building. Yeah. For years. Your own building. My own oh, building. Yeah. And um, earlier this year, my brother-in-law comes to me and says, hey, I found this building. We should go look at it. And I looked at it, and I felt like this is the next step. And the vision that I have for this building is, is you know, we, we have a couple floors rented out, but essentially I want to create like, <laughs> like the Avengers. But I, I want to expand my influence in real estate areas like development and commercial and getting the right people in the right office and the, the right space. And so like, that's kind of the idea of this building. Like we're inviting some people into us. I'm still planning on staying at Keller Williams. Uh, I know that I need help in like, for example, like in an admin role, like an executive assistant role with Jessica, she's planning to do that. Mm -hmm. I know I still need help with real estate, but it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have like, I'm going to have team meeting every week and like a training or two. But like, I don't want to feel like I have to be in the office responsible for people, which it's like, that makes me, it makes it sound so bad, but it's just like, you ever seen Megamind? Yeah. Remember the part where he's like, he fakes his death? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Is that how you feel? I don't feel that extreme. Like, I don't feel like I'm going into hiding. I don't feel like it's like I'm moving to Montana. It would be Idaho, by the way. But I'm not like leaving my life completely and saying chapters closed, happy trails, you know, you'll see me in the mountains. Peace out. Right? <laughs> Brian's going to the mountains and right. grow it's, a beard. And it's not that, but like there's there's like in, in the movie Megamind, I just saw this the other day and he's like, there's this moment where he just realizes like this isn't who I am and what I want anymore. You know, like I just, I want to be me. I want to, I, I truthfully, I feel like I've vested so much Sometimes in everyone around me, like I haven't taken the time to like, like I kind of neglected myself for a period of time, long period of time, like in deep levels, right? It's like hard for me to even say this because it's like, it sounds selfish, but like, I'm going to take care of Brian for the next little bit and find out what Brian really lights him up and what he really wants to do. And but why is that selfish? Because it's so it just feels so weird for me to say that out loud because for so long, I just wanted to make everybody happy. Yeah, but it's self-care. Yeah, right? it, it I is. I mean, you got, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah, and, and I want to say this too. It's not like I wasn't taking care of myself, but I would also tell you that like, 
there's just, um, it's just what I feel like I've, I've, one thing I know about myself is, is like, I'm really in touch with myself and I've been feeling this for probably three years, Hmm. but I've been kind of being like, well, how can I keep both worlds existing? Right. And I think what I've done now is I've just said, okay, this world is not what it used to be. I'm kind of stripping out some of the identity that's like deeply rooted in me with like running a team and all this stuff. And it's like, now I'm like, what would it look like if I put that effort into this thing called the evolution project and men's work and like doing my own work for myself, right? But like creating a platform for men and maybe at some point women, but I would not be running and it would be another woman I'd be partnering with on this, right? But it's like that all of a sudden my heart starts beating again because it's now I've taken off the top where I used to look at it as like real estate. I, I mean, I really think that I basically created a coaching program and a real estate company. I created a real estate company that was a coaching program. And the way that I was compensated is I had splits within the team and I took care of all the business for everyone. But really what I was doing is just coaching people. I was coaching them how to do real estate and then I was really coaching them on themselves. Yeah. And and that's what I did really well. And what I found is, is when people get in touch with themselves, like they're gonna run the race. Like the, the, the rocks out of their backpacks start coming out and they start feeling lighter and they start doing it. The irony is, is like what used to be, be so fulfilling to me in that realm within real estate, like when I did the evolution projects, like I took off the top for real estate and I just said, if you're a man and you're 30 to 50 years old, you should come to this. And I had an experience, I've had six experiences with it with over 50 men. And all of a sudden I was like, there's something to this. Like how I feel about this is how I used to feel when I started running a real estate team. And it was like all of a sudden my heart just started going boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, it's inside of me. Yeah, again. I forgot what that was Ooh, like. Okay. Yeah. And it's scary and it's new, right? Because the easiest thing I could have done is just kept things going. Really, that could have been the easiest thing to do. But I just felt more and more conflicted. And so I just had this moment where I was like, I honestly think like my subconscious took over. And said, dude, you've been thinking about this for three years. You're not going to do it. You're going to think about it and think about it and think about it. I'm going to do it. And it's like it all happened and I felt super free. And then that night I didn't sleep at all. And the next day I was like, oh, crap, what did I just do? And I remember I was telling somebody, I'm like, it's like walking around with no pants for a day. (laughs) And then the next day going back to your life and being like, I didn't wear pants all day yesterday. What happened? Right. (laughs) But as I actually sat with it, I felt like. This is good. This is right. And then, you know, as during that transition period, I I decided I was going to really, you know, not make it about me and show up for each team member. And I felt like I've done that and I want to continue to do that because these people are important in my life. And I think they want to support me too, you know, in the next. I want to support you. Well, I feel that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as as bummed out as I am. Yeah. I mean, I still want to be there for you. And I want to realize that like, this is just kind of part of life. Well, it's the evolution. Yeah, the right? evo- evolution like project. I, I don't think I could have named a better name. You yeah. Know? So, well, let's talk about the evolution project. Yeah. What What is it? I mean, people listening. Oh, no now idea. you're going to see me I light mean, up, dude. I, I obviously know what it is because yes. you and I have chatted about it. But uh, let's talk. Yeah. First thing I want to say is it's kind of interesting. Anytime my experience has been is anytime we start to do something that's meaningful work to us, There's a part of us that kind of wants to like keep it to the side and not tell everybody because you're kind of like, it's not ready yet. How do I really talk about it? 
I don't want people to, you know, think that I'm not doing real estate anymore. <laughs> I better be careful about how I talk about this, right? Yeah. I'm sure you've had similar feelings like with your well, podcast same, and real estate. Same thing, yeah. Right? Same thing. So you can totally relate to where I'm at. Yeah. So it's kind of been this like beta thing I've been doing on the side. And I'll, I'll give you the whole spiel of how it came about. But uh, what I tell people is the Evolution Project is an inward compression for an outward expansion. It's focused on helping men because, by, by the way, I am my avatar for the Evolution Project. Like men that are 30 to 50 years old, most of these men, it doesn't matter what religious background you come from. It doesn't matter what you do for work. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter whatever you are, right? You just need to be a man and you just need to be willing to show up for two days in a way that is authentic and true to you and be open to new exercises and experiments and show up 100%. That's it. That's all you have to do. Come with an intention. And my job is I've created this container that I call the Hero's Journey. That's the first Evolution Project event we do. There will be more to come, P.S. Okay, so people can go. You go to like one and it's something that you can continue Yeah, like I'm going to build out. Like my work moving forward okay. is essentially like every 90 days, like I want to do work to be like, what would the next one look like, right? And... I say 90 days, but like my goal is, is like, I just want to be in my work, right? Mm. And that's through journaling. That's through podcasts. That's through writing. Like, I almost feel like my journal will turn into the book. And I almost feel like my journal will turn into the podcast. Like they're, they're all succinct to those things. And, um, like I am my own evolution project. You are your own evolution project, right? So it's, it's, it's. It's like I'm just going outward on a journey that I'm sharing publicly yeah. with the people that find it interesting. And what I found, though, is there's a lot more people that feel just like me. Oh, sure. That I'm not on this island. And the courage to go forward and say, like, hey, here's my evolution project. This is what it is. So right now, like what the evolution project exists within is it's basically a, a an event that starts on a Friday, ends on a Saturday afternoon. I do it at cabins and there's also a place called Camp Oakley. Uh, I've typically done it with eight to 10 men every time I do it. The one I'm doing in May, I'm actually going to try to do it with 25 men. Okay. So I'm testing the container. Can people listening sign up for that if they want? Yeah. So this is the fun part. To this point, I have only like personally invited people. So that's what's so interesting about it. Like I, it's been, it's been that thing that I've tried to keep secret so I only personally invite people because I'm like I don't want to put it on blast because I don't want everyone to know that I'm kind of doing this right like do you see what I'm saying no, I, I get it I get it uh, but the plan just to let you know the plan moving forward is is like you know in the next 90 days I want to build out a website I want to get the next event set up and then my goal is is to fill those events through just inviting people into it I've got a video that I've made that you know is going to be in the website but my goal is to get the website out in the next like 60 days. Do you, do you have a website now that you can I've bought the domain. Or? The domain is my evolution project. Okay. Dot com. Dot com. But okay. I have not set it up yet because I wasn't sure what it was and what I really wanted to do with it. Okay. So I'm just thinking if people want to find out yes, more, I know. if they want, I mean, no, no, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's well, not a bad I mean, thing. here's what I tell you. I'm going to give you like my phone number. No, hey, it's plastered everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? That's probably the best way right now. Um, shoot you a text, give you yeah, a call. Yeah, just shoot me a text and say, hey, I listened to your thing. I'd love to know more about it. And then what I do is I'll send you a video of, of an evolution project, right? It's like three minutes long. You have an idea of it. And then we just have a conversation. I figure out where you're at, tell you a little bit about it, tell you the dates that we're planning on doing it. Uh, it's a $1,000 investment in yourself. 
Uh, what I found is, is like anything of meaning in this life, we, we do need to put our hat over the fence. Yeah. Right. And so uh, it's a thousand bucks to go. I honestly think it's a killer deal. Like I'm not doing this for money. P.S. Everybody like this is very much a passion project for me. I just want people to show up fully. I don't want you to call me, you know, two days before and say, oh, hey, I can't make it. I want to be a little lying. skin in the game. Yeah, I need some skin in the game because yeah. I'm putting a lot of skin in the game. Yeah. Right. I wish I had it like all built out right now, but yeah. that's actually like what I came to the conclusion is the time that I would spend in team activities. I have three times a week where I'm working two hours uninterrupted on content and structure for the evolution project. That's essentially what I've done. Any stories? I mean, I know granted, um, I don't expect for you to share personal people necessarily, but any stories that have just been awesome that you've experienced from the evolution project? Oh, or? Lots, lots. I'll tell you the, I'll, I'll tell you the beginning. Cause it's like, this has been my evolution project and yeah. I think it'd be valuable for people to kind of understand like how it came about. Yeah. So a couple years ago, I went to a Goldman Sachs program. It's called Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses. It was a fantastic program. During that process, I was doing work on building out what does Be Heard in Utah look like in you know a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, the future, right? And what I realized in that process was Be Heard in Utah doesn't really have any assets. I have human capital and relationships with people. So it's not really like a full sellable business, right? I don't own any trucks or proprietary software or buildings. And the reality is if tomorrow everybody said, hey, I don't want to work on your team anymore, right? It would be nothing. And it really struck a chord with me because I was like, so what do I, like, how do I really do this, right? And I'm like, well, one way would be like eventually partnering with someone that would be able to take it over, right? That could be one way to do it. But like, there's not a lot of exit strategies to a real estate business, right? And then during that period of time, uh, we found out we were pregnant. It was 10 years between our last child and this child. That threw me for a loop. That threw us for a loop, my wife and I. We weren't planning on it. And we love Anders. You know, he's amazing. But it was just not a planned thing, which is life, right? And I don't uh, think any kids are really planned. No. <laughs> well, the Anders was definitely not planned. And backtrack a little bit before that I had said to some friends I want to do a men's retreat and I said I'm gonna do one you know this next year I'm planning on I'm gonna do this work I go to the Goldman Sachs program I kind of have like a deflation of ego like how am I really gonna move this forward I find out we're having a kid which I'm kind of like that wasn't part of the plan and then all during this um, at that time my brother Justin and I were working together and we were trying to figure out like how are we gonna move this forward and we were trying to figure out a partnership and we just couldn't ever get on the same page fully right and so it's like those things all happened at once. And then uh, this was in 2018. Then 2019 hits. I kind of go through that year, but I end up not doing the Evolution Project because I'm like, I got to get back into business. Justin helped out a lot with running the team. And so it kind of forced me back into a lot of roles. And um, we have a baby that year. And... I don't do this thing that I wanted to do, that I told my friends all about it, right? I was like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. Didn't even touch the pen to paper with it. Just kind of threw it to the side. And, you know, rolling into the next year, I'm like, I'll get back on the horse. Maybe this year I'll do it, right? And then as we all know, COVID hits in 2020. And uh, I was I was like, when COVID hit, I'm like, I'm going to lead my team. I'm going to show up every day. I'm going to do this stuff. And I, and I did. I felt like I was 
showing up and being positive and having team huddles every day and checking in on people. We did it. We raised $10,000 for the food bank as a team. You know, like we did a lot of good stuff, right? But in June, I just woke up one day and I was kind of like, I was just mad. I was just angry. I just felt like, I felt like the world was falling apart. I felt like I could do nothing about it. I was angry just about all these things, monetary system, politics, all this stuff. And I had a day where I got up, I worked out, got showered, and then I just went back to my bed and I slept until noon, which that's very, very, very not like me at all. I'm the guy that gets up 4, 35 o'clock in the morning. I'll take a nap during the day, but like once I'm up, I'm going, I'm doing stuff. And I got a phone call that afternoon from a really good friend, and her name's Michelle, and basically she said, hey, how are you doing? And she was really just calling to check in on me. And I'm like, oh, God, do I tell her the truth? I almost didn't even pick up the phone call. So I pick up the phone call, I'm talking to her, and I'm like, do I tell her the truth? And I'm like, yeah, why not? So I tell her the truth. I'm like, honestly, Michelle, I'm not doing great. It's 12 o'clock. I'm laying in my bed right now. I don't want to play basketball today. You know, <laughs> I just want to sit in bed and eat ice cream, eat ice cream and ignore the world. Yeah. I don't even want to engage with anybody today. And she's like, what's going on? And I tell her all the stuff that I'm mad about. And then she's like, wow, that's a lot. And then she said, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, nothing. There's nothing I can do about it. And then I was more pissed and it like ramped it up again. And I'm pissed and I'm telling her all this, you know, everything I'm mad about. And she's like, so what's really bugging you? Like what else is bugging you? And then I said, you know what's, you know what I'm pissed about, Michelle? And this is when the truth came out. Because sometimes we have to like go through layers, right? So I'm like going through the layers of my insanity and anger. And at the core, I was like, you know what I'm mad about, Michelle? A couple years ago, I wanted to do this thing called the Evolution Project. And I haven't touched it. And it's like this thing that is so real inside of me. And I know what it is and I know what it looks like, but I haven't touched it. And I feel like I'm dying inside right now. And I'm just sad. Behind behind our emotions is always the other emotion, right? Behind my anger is fear. Behind my fear is sadness. Behind my sadness is loneliness. Who knows what it is, right? Yeah. And I said, and I don't even know what to do. I have no idea how to even do it. Hmm. And she's like, well, if you did have an idea, what would that look like? I'm like, I don't even know. I'm like, you've done these things before. Cause she's, a, she's actually a coach. And she said, well, the first thing I do is I set a date and I pick a location because everything else I can figure out. And I'm like, okay. So I ended up hiring this woman. Her name's Michelle. I wrote her a check that day for $5,000. And we were going to meet every Thursday at 11 o'clock. And she was going to hold me accountable because I knew that I would self-sabotage. I knew that if I did it on my own merits, I didn't even have enough faith in myself. I'm like, I'll bag it. But if you had an accountability partner, you would... You would do it, huh? Yeah, I knew I wouldn't. I wouldn't bail. I wouldn't bail. Yeah, and so I did it. And it was hard. Like four months, I was doing the work, showing up. What am I going to be? What am? I, how am I going to do this? What am I going to say? What is it actually going to look like? Right? I'm like all this stuff. Now, this is this is where I want to say, like, was a really. You said what was a great event, a moment. This is a personal moment for me. That was really powerful. But there's been so many other moments where it's like. Just, you know, it just touches my heart and it's kind of like an affirmation, like you're on the right path, like don't give up, like keep going, right? So I planned the whole thing, 
get people to come. They all pay a thousand bucks. These are all my friends that I know, right? They're, they're, they're probably just vesting in Brian Hurd. They have no idea what the heck they're doing. <laughs> they, they just have, wanted to be with you, man. Right. They had no idea what they were yeah. coming to. They were just like, Brian told me to come. He's doing this thing. It's two days. Worst case scenario, I get to hang out with Brian for two days, right? I guess. I don't know. I am grateful for the men that came. And I'm sitting there. It's like an hour and a half before the event starts and anxiety, dude. It just hits me like full on. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like sitting in my truck up at the place. I've got it all set up. The day like, of the event. The day of the event, There's dude. It's guys happening. up there. They're coming at 11 o'clock and it's 945. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, there's no turning back. They are coming up. This is happening. This is going to happen. They're going to be here in a very short period of time. Do you feel like an imposter? Like imposter Yeah, syndrome? it was just like it all hit. It was yeah. like, oh, holy smokes. Yeah. What am I really going to do? Okay, so what did you do? I had the plan. Right? <laughs> I had the plan. I had everything. But I was just like, okay. It, the, the reality of it hit. And I actually, I just, I had a conversation with God is what I did. Yeah. And I just said, God, I've put my heart into this for the last four months, 100%. You know, you've been watching me. I've planned this out. I've gone through massive amounts of time, soul searching, the whole nine yards. And I was just like, I just need help. Because I was, I was, I was just freaking out, you know? And I just had this feeling. It was like no voice, no nothing. Just a feeling where it was just like, it's about time, Brian. Thanks for inviting me into the project. It's going to be fine. And it was like the next 36 hours was like an outer body experience for me. Hmm. And it doesn't mean everything went perfect, P.S. But it was just an outer body experience. There were things that happened uh, the week of. I'll tell you one of the things, but uh, because I'm not going to say names of people, sure. right? But Because one of the rules is, is that... Uh, what happens in the container stays in the container. This is something that the dude would be okay. Like I've talked to him about it. So the week of the event, he calls me and says, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to come. And I said, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? And he said, well, I don't know. I just found out that my wife has been having an affair on me for the last six months. And I just don't know if I'm in a mental place to come to this. My head is spinning full tilt. Because this, this, this is like, I think this would be one of the scariest things for any man to be going through, right? I think like your children dying and essentially like a marital issue of this magnitude, I think would be something that would impact me significantly. And I'm like, I, uh, I totally understand. And I said, so what do you think? And he goes, I'm just not sure right now. I, he goes, I, I don't even know. And I said, well, let's do this. Let's get on a phone call tomorrow. Let's let's like just think and make this a thoughtful, prayerful matter. Let's talk about it tomorrow. We get on the phone the next day. I did pray about it. I did feel that he should come, but I didn't want to be like, God told me you should come, right? So instead, I just call him and I say, hey, how are you doing? He's good. And I said, where are you at? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling like this is maybe a good thing. He's like, "Where? what are you thinking? And I'm like, my thought is this if I was going through a similar thing that you're going through and I didn't have brothers like that would support me, I'd probably come. And I just want to let you know, if you want to come, I promise I'll be there a hundred percent for you. I'll show up however you need me to show up. 
because I, I think it takes a lot of courage to do what you're going to do. And he said, all right, I'll be there. And he came. And the, the, when we start the Evolution Project, we do an introduction. So it's like, it's like I have four modules that I've set. Each module is basically an, a topic. There's a discussion. There's an activity. And then there's a journal session, right? An upload is what I call it. And what I do is I walk people through these containers, these modules, to ultimately give them an opportunity to self-reflect and then have a place, a safe space, where they can process their own evolution project. That's what I'm doing, right? And in the intro, he gets up on the intro and he's like, this is like, this was like a really powerful moment. He's like, hey, my name's blah, blah, blah. I'm here. And he's like, maybe something I should tell you guys is, and he looks at me and he's like, should I tell him? And I'm like, dude, if you want to tell him, you can, but this is not my, it's not my, my information to tell anyone. Right. And he goes, yeah, it's probably going to come out anyway. And then he just says it. I'm here. I'm really tore up right now. This is what I'm going through. My wife's been having an affair with me for the last six months and I'm just, I don't know what to do. And it was so cool to see a group of men that really didn't know each other and how the men authentically held space for that other man. And it was real, dude. It was just like, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I am so grateful that I get to be a part of this. And what I realized with every evolution project is my job is to gather the people. My job is to start the conversation. And then what I found is after that point, the event takes on its own inertia. And all I'm doing is I'm just getting to be there. I'm just getting to kind of like walk, kind of facilitate. I, I do this with with my friend Louis Hemner, who is a master at breath work. He's one of the most self-aware, talented people that I know. Louis, Louis and I are like very, very good friends. And then the other one, I call my brothers, right? Brother Louis and then Brother Joey. Joey Spearden is the other one that that has done this event with me. And I I look at them, I look at them as I look to them as much to facilitate this experience. You know, it's it's a co-creation is what's happening. And like what I realized really quickly is, is that all good things happen when you can get the right people in the room and they're able to share their unique abilities. And that's when magic happens. And that's actually why I've been really good at running a real estate team. Yeah. I just get people together. I take care of all the minutia of real estate. But for some reason, the right people. Yeah, the right people. That's right. Yeah, it's just, it's just getting together and getting to play. And then it's like, because I'll be the first to tell you, I don't think I'm the most talented real estate agent. I'm sure there's other real estate agents that are more talented than me. Uh, I don't think I'm the best leader, right? I'm not trying to like claim any of these things. But what I'm really good at is I'm really good at gathering the right people and creating the right conversation and making it safe. And it's like, I'm really good, especially with like high level people. You know, like I'm really good. Like you could put me in a mastermind with a lot of really high level people. And it's like, I feel like I can see people. Right. And I, and I, and I mean that like with everyone, like could see their soul, man, you could, the hardest thing is, is we just think we're so different. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, you start to have these successes in life and you start to realize like, I can't talk about all my internal stuff with everybody. And so creating sacred spaces where like you can actually fully be present, you know, like emotionally naked, let's say, right. Vulnerable. It's rare air, man. It's way rare air. And people yearn for it. Oh, yeah. They yearn for that. They want that. And um, 
I just think it's like, I, I really believe like when I do the evolution project, it's like God gives me a window into people's lives and I actually get to see them. Like I, I feel like I, I see them for who they are, you know, and that's all we want. I think that's all anyone wants. Yeah. Just see me. Cause it's like the facade, right? Cause I, you know, one of the things I tell you, there's a lot of identity wrapped up in me with real estate. It's all self-inflicted by the way. It's all self-inflicted. But like, I remember thinking like, well, I can't, I can't talk about the evolution project too much. Cause I'm Brian Hurd. Like, I don't want people thinking like, like I'm not doing real estate anymore. Right. And you know what I mean? Like what, what would happen if that came out that Never way? Been, oh my gosh. Right. And then I realized like the irony is, is like the more public I've gone inviting, by the way, my friends and people that I've sold real estate to into this, it's almost like they're like, thank you for creating. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've been looking for this. And it's like, now I even have like a tighter relationship with these people. And it's so much bigger than just like, I sold them a house five years ago. Right. It's like, no dude, that guy's my brother, you know, and I love them and their family and their kids, which is a big deal for me. Like I very much am about authentic connection i genuinely care about people and that's why i've been successful at real estate truthfully that's because i think i have a good heart not everybody does yeah <laughs> what about this podcast though you were doing an evolution project podcast yeah. or what, what what's the story there man well because it's you. not out it's not thank out, you for right? asking yes so here's the deal the reason i put a hold on it is because so just as you know there's 12 episodes that are recorded they're about eight to ten minutes long i have in my phone in my Apple notes, I have 56 different topics that I have written on, right? And it keeps expanding. Whenever I have an idea or read a quote, and then what I do for the podcast is I basically talk about one of these 56 topics, and I'm sure they will continue to grow and morph and, you know, talk about everything from, you know, Kung Fu Panda to awareness to meditation to cold showers to cryotherapy to hiking in nature to the evolution project of men right like the the gamut is wide basically what i'm doing is i'm just opening my soul and saying like here's what's on my heart right now here's what i'm learning and i think there's something so powerful about going public with an experience where you can say i'm not polished i'm not perfect I'm going through, so I'm, I'm sharing real time what it's like to evolve, what it actually really looks like. It's damn hard. And here's what I'm learning. And it's like, I just think there's something with that. And it's like eight to 10 minutes snippets. And my thought is, is like, I just want to put nuggets out there where it's like, there's value hopefully received and then connections created. And like, my goal would be is, is like, people would be like, oh, I really enjoy my you know, nugget with Brian every week. And then it leads them into like, Hey, I want to go do men's circles with Joey and Brian. Right. Or I want to go do breath work with Louie. These kind of like uh, entry level points because the people that I'm around are all doing amazing things. And what I want to do is I want to support these people uh, like, like Louie and Joey. I want to support them as they, they kind of like find their voice and do their own evolution project. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited about it. I mean, Chris, honestly, like uh, Kurt Frankham has been the one that's been helping me out with it. Shout out to Kurt. Kurt Frankham. Thank yeah. you very much, Kurt Frankham. And the reality is, is in the last month, I basically told Kurt, like, hey, I need to get more serious about this. And so, like, I actually bought a mic. Kurt gave me a microphone would be the right way to say that. Kurt gave me a microphone. 
and it's set up and he's going to help me kind of do this. And the reality, Chris, is like, I know I could do it with you too, right? No, yeah. It, whoever though, you just need to do a podcast. I need, and you that's gave, the thing. That's right. I need, there's like, dude, everyone's got a song to sing. Yeah. And I just feel like what I realized about the podcast is, is like, and this is a big shift for me. Courageously showing up and doing the work is its own reward. Chris, you've done a podcast for over 10 years. Of all the things that, you know, people you've met, uh, you know, productions that you've done, voices you've got out, way you've been able to support and help people. At the end of the day, though, I guarantee you, you are not the same person that you were 10 years ago. Oh, goodness, no. Goodness, no. But it's because you've consistently shown up and put your heart into this thing called I Am Salt Lake, right? And it's changed you. And like, this is where I'm like really excited for you, right? We've had this conversation where it's like, how can you use this platform to continue to do the good that you're doing and right? And also be like, and I want to help show people this beautiful place called Salt Lake that I love and I want to help you own part of it, right? Like, like it's a, it's an evolution for you. Like that's your evolution project going on right now. Yeah. You're giving me goosebumps over here. But it's so real, dude. Like what I'm saying is if you take the time to like, see, like look at someone and see, see them really see them all of a sudden you realize dude everyone's going through this when you look like when i say if you look at the logo of the evolution project you can see that the black lines are roots coming down into a ball mm, i like that now the ball to me represents my true self i like to think of it as my future self the higher version of brian the the version that i meet that goes you got this i know exactly where you're at right now you can do this right That represents the high version of me. The white represents the outward, right? So it's inward compression, 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 black, black, right? Compression, 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 outward expansion, white, light, being, flowing through me. Mm. Abundance flows in and through me. And outward, when I do my work, when I compress and do my real work, the way that I show up in life, I don't need to tell you like, hey, Chris, I'm doing my work. Like, validate me. You can feel it. Feel it and it shows. It shows. Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's my own reward. Yeah. But the gift is that like when you do it the right way, it actually empowers people around you. Chris, I was like running from myself for a long time, dude. But I put on a facade that I wasn't running from myself because I got awards. You probably were getting tired. Because we were getting, because we were winning. Because all this stuff, right? Yeah. But it's like, there's a part of me that was like, I was running from myself. And it gets exhausting after a while. It is exhausting. Yeah. And the last three years have just been like the hardest for me because I because it's just become more and more clear. And Do you feel like you're more at peace right now? Oh, totally. Yeah. Now, I mean, now with the, with the you know, dissolving the team. Yeah. Moving on with your life, the evolution project, doing what Brian wants to do. That's right. You're looking out for you. And that's not, that's not a bad thing. Well, I actually believe what it will do is it'll actually open up whole new it's like my You weren't hand. allowing the right people in. Yeah, and I, I mean I want to say this the right way. It's everything is for a reason. Yeah. There's this story about it's like how do you cut catch a monkey, right? And so they say, Well, what you do is, you know, you get this log, you hollow out a circle in the log, you put a banana in the circle, and then you open the banana and it puts out the the, the scent. Monkeys come and they stick their hand in the hole and then they grab onto the banana or the nut, whatever the the bait you're using, right? But when their hand is clenched, they can't pull it from the log, right? And they keep trying to pull and they keep trying to pull and all they need to do is let go and they could get free. But they won't let go because they will great they will just 
they want on. that banana. They they will not let go, right? And it's like I think it's true. It's valuable for everyone to every once in a while just evaluate what you're holding so tight onto. And they're usually related in like ego, money, perception of what other people think, right? It's like it's 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 always rooted in these things where it's like they're not lasting things. They feel good for a time. And the truth is, is I think that if like when I was running from myself and hiding from myself, like it was enough to make me still feel good. It was like enough of a distraction. And I just think I just hit this place where it's like my awareness, my subconscious is like, I'm not going to let you. There's a dude inside of you that's way bigger. And like, I'm going to deconstruct this for you because you don't have the guts to do it. (laughs) And then it all happened. And the cool part though is, is I do feel at peace and I do feel like I've done it in a way where there's no perfect way to do this, but I feel like I've tried to do it in a way that's an integrity. I've individually talked to every member of the team. I've individually asked them, how can I help them? I've individually gone out of my way to make sure I'm there for them in this transition. And I also realized that they are now embarking on their paths. You know, I feel like I freed people. It's a good way to look at it. Some more than others, Chris. Yeah. But I do, I do feel that like Josh is pumped. I'm excited to work with him. And and like you're, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're getting, you're getting like a new injected Josh, right? Richin is pumped, right? I think it's going to be a great opportunity. And once again, I told everyone, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not dying. You know, I'm just not in that capacity. Right. And it's like my goal, like I still have a goal that I want to sell 15 to $20 million of real estate this year. It's about 30 to 35 transactions. So I still have goals. I, I still, I still need to do real estate. Right. I'm not independently wealthy. I still enjoy it, right? I I love the feeling of helping people get to where they want to go. I think this market's pretty nasty right now. <laughs> but I, also, I was curious what your thoughts were on the on the Salt Lake City market. Oh, I just think it's a. I mean, here's my unfiltered. Like I could give you the the scripts and stuff. Yeah, I think it's brutal for first time home buyers. I think it is. I think I think it is very brutal to be a first time home buyer. I think if you're a move up buyer buyer. It, it can make sense still, but as rates go up, it will feel a little bit more of a pinch. At the end of the day, Chris, here's the truth about real estate, whatever market you're in. And this is going to sound cold, but it's the truth. There's always people moving. There's always people getting relocated. There's always people, unfortunately, passing on in this life. There's always people, unfortunately, getting a divorce. There's always people having kids and running out of space that need to get into a bigger home. There's always movement happening. Mm. It's just being in flow and in conversation with those people and helping like be a true consultant and advisor and say, like, that's what I think I do really well. I sit down with people and say, let's strategically put a plan together that makes sense. I'm helping somebody right now where I just sold them uh, an Airbnb down in Southern Utah. Well, I had an annual review with them and one of his goals is he wants to pay his house off. Well, his Airbnb has gone up like, $150,000 in the last year. And he's like, you know, the money that I could actually probably take out of that, it would almost put it over the top where I'd own my house. And I've realized like owning a house is more important to me than having an Airbnb right now. So we're selling his Airbnb so he can pay off his house. That's awesome. But that's a great example of what I'm talking about. Like I stay in touch with people and I help them strategically put something together. Sometimes I, I convince people not to sell their house. 
right? <laughs> How often does that happen? Though? It, it does happen. Really? It totally happens. Wow. Well, that was one of the clients it did happen with. Because when we initially got together, he's like, I think I want to buy my big house. But as we went through it more, he realized, I don't think that's really what I want right now. I think I just want to own my house. Oh, okay. Well, how do we, you know, what can we do to do that? And then we got in this conversation. And so anyway, consulting, like really meeting with people and consulting, like I still dig that. So yeah, man, it's, it's been, I'll tell you, I not last, not this last week, but the week before that, I probably cried more in that week than I felt like I cried the last two years hmm. or I say equal to, I cried quite a bit. My emotions were just right on the surface and it was just, and it, it's still, you know, it's still like there's still like parts of me that's, you know, sad and stuff, but I would tell you the greater part of me is excited. I'm really like a mountains to climb kind of guy. And like, what I know is that the thing that makes my unique ability is my heart. And if my heart isn't fully engaged in something, I need to figure out a way to get it fully engaged. Yeah. Cause when it's fully engaged, it's all out, you know, but when it's not, it's more difficult for me but I don't know if that's any different than anyone else. I'm just aware of that. I got some Salt Lake City questions I got to ask you, Brian. let's hear it. As we kind of wind this episode up a little bit, there's some standard questions that I ask everybody that comes through here. So I'm curious of the the Brian J. Hurd answers. So we have family and friends that visit us from time to time, right? They maybe come from Idaho, right? You got family up there or California, wherever, and they ask for, you know, hey, show us around. Show us, give us a tour of the valley. Give right. us a tour of Salt Lake. Where does Brian take people to? What, what's, I mean, I, you know, I get different answers, everything from the temple to the to yeah. the Great Salt Lake to Park City to the Spiral Jetty. I don't know. It's so great. What, uh, where, where does Brian go? Uh, so it depends on the time of year. Yeah. Okay. But I would tell you that most likely I would go on a hike. I'd get okay. up early in the morning. I'd take him on a hike. It would be most likely in Big Cottonwood Canyon, Mill Creek Canyon. Um, Bell Canyon, like those are all places where I would go somewhere along the Wasatch Front, those hikes. I just think that there's, there's a handful of hikes that are anywhere from, you know, two to five miles that just are fantastic. And especially in those early summer months, it's like crisp in the morning. And I love that Christmas. Like you need a windbreaker, but by the time the sun starts to come out, it's like beautiful. It's like the valley comes alive. I've been up on Grandeur Peak before and just watching the sunrise at Grandeur Peak and looking over the valley and showing them like, this is Salt Lake. That's like, that, that is absolutely something I would do. You know, as far as like, uh, I, I wish I could tell you, like I knew all the like little small places, but like, I really like tacos. There's a, there's a taco shop. Um, that I really love in West Jordan. Do what's the name of it? Okay, the name of the taco taco place is. Dude, this is so funny. I'm breaching a blank because it's like the pressure's on me right now. It's on 78 South and between 13th and. Oh Redwood come on! Road. If you're going to recommend a taco shop here, I mean, it's okay. So it's in that coordinates. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm going to find out right now. Keep. I'm going to keep going though. I definitely take you to the taco place. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to tell this. No, you're good. That That's actually, you know, favorite local eating spot. So yeah. the taco place. And- well, it's it's a Spanish name. And I give the guy a hug every time I'm in there. Well, basically a hug. Tacos Lopez, dude. Okay. Lopez. Tacos Lopez. Tacos Lopez. I'm going to go try them. Dude, best tacos. Like, I will probably go to Tacos Lopez on my way home from work because I started thinking about it. There you go. Fantastic. I take you to Tacos Lopez. Um, 
what is else something that I'd show you or want you to experience? You know, um, I took a drive a couple, like during COVID, I took a drive down to the end of Redwood Road. <laughs> What's at the end of Redwood Road? Well, it's out. Uh, it's see, this is the problem. I, I wish I would have prepped on this. No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. Like... I, I'm sorry I didn't prep you there. Here, and I could tighten this. Eureka! Up. Eureka! Okay. Eureka. Oh, I think I remember you telling us this story. I freaking love Eureka. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I. I think it's like a cool kind of town that's like a dead town, you know, now, but I'd like, I think it's a cool drive out there. It's a good way to kind of, you know, be in conversation with people, drive out there. Like, I think Utah's got a rich history. Uh, I am LDS, you know, I don't know if I'd be like, oh, you got to come down and see like the temple grounds and stuff. I don't know if that's what I do. There's history there though, man. There is I'll take people to the temple and I'm not, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it it is the foundation of everything, right? Yeah. Um, What else, man? I don't know. Those are just things. That's a good Thing. I mean, what would you change? Could if you if you could change something about the area? The oh, I go to a bees game. Salt Lake. I go to a bees game or a rail Salt Lake game too. Okay, so th- there you go. Hale Center Theater would be another thing that I would show them. Okay, those are all things that I really love. Okay, love a bees. Nothing better. Do I a, love a baseball game than a freaking Coke and a hot dog oh. on a Monday night bees game, looking out at the Wasatch Front, watching a little baseball. Can you imagine if we got a, a major league team here? Dude, I think it would be great. I, I, I mean, I'm not like as huge of a jazz fan. Yeah. But um, soccer and, yeah, soccer and baseball are great. Oh, there's some. So what would you change about the about Salt Lake, about the Valley, about mm. the area? If you if you had that magical wand that you could just change something or if you were the mayor, however you want to interpret it. I feel like there's a lot more culture in Salt Lake than meets the eye. I, I know that they have different festivals, like there's the Greek festival. And, oh, yeah. You know, there's there's other things that are always going on. Like, if anything, like I'm kind of telling myself, like, I probably need to, like, lean in more to those things because it's like we actually live in a pretty cool place and there's a lot of cool things that are going on. Um, I'll tell you, like, uh, I think I want to get more into yoga this year. Dude, I was saying the same thing. And I'm like, there's some cool places, like those, like, smaller kind of, like, yoga places but they're like but they also do like meditations yeah. there and things like that it's like i want to kind of explore some of those this year and just see like what's around me because i feel like there's an awakening that's kind of happening and uh yoga is like i am not flexible at all <laughs> but i love the practice of it i've done it you know a handful of times and i've really enjoyed it when i've done it so like that's something i don't know if i have like any real advice i just think that like my advice for humanity and as a whole is probably like Dude, you have no idea what anyone's going through. Just like back up for a second. There's a quote by Brene Brown that says basically it's like, it's hard to hate someone up close. And I feel like the world that I want to live into and to teach my children is like that the world's a pretty kind place. Most people are actually pretty nice. And um, that the more I experience like the world and cultures, even within my own city, the more I learn about myself, you know? Yeah. And so- you know, I, I kind of like I've, I've traveled a lot of places, but now I'm kind of like coming up at me. I'm like, I need to lean a little bit more to that in my own community. So thanks for asking. You bet. Dude, this has been a heck of an interview, man. <laughs> Dude, a heck of a podcast. I am so glad that uh, I got this opportunity. I mean, especially in your we didn't we didn't even, uh, you know, kind of describe the setting here. I mean, oh, we're in your office. We're in the office. You know, where the where the team meets or yes. met yes uh at keller williams at so keller i mean williams. perfect vibe perfect atmosphere 
Any any final thoughts? Be why the recorder's still going? Any anything you want to talk about? Anything? I mean, well, and how you know? Let's say how the listeners can connect. But any final thoughts as we wrap this up here, Brian? Yeah, I mean, first off, if if you want to connect, like I'll give you my phone number. It's eight zero one five seven four five six nine eight. It's my phone number. My name's Brian. Obviously, if there's anything that's of interest in this podcast that hits you, like reach out. I'd love to talk to you about it especially the evolution. Project. Just text him. Say, Hey, I heard him on the podcast. Yeah. That way, Brian knows people listen to that's the podcast. Right. Right? Thanks. That's right. I was just a joker. When I was, yeah. when I'm recording my podcast, I always make references to my mom. Yeah. Hey, thanks mom for listening. Like, mom, shout out to my mom right now. Um, dude, the thing that I just leave everyone with is like, what I think a true leader does is that the true leader like models leadership. Right. And, um, I wish I could tell you I've done everything right in my life. I'm very aware I have not done everything right in my life, right? I'm still learning and growing every day, right? But what I want people to know is, is like I have the courage to be public about my evolution to show you like I'm just as human as you are and uh, I don't have everything figured out. And, but what I know is, is like there's something to following my heart. There's something true to being authentic in alignment with who I think I am and who I actually am. And like the, the power that I get, the, the, the internal energy it creates within me. Right. It's like there, I always say there's, there's an internal cause and there's an external effect like that internal cause. When, when I am cranking and in my alignment with myself, like I just know how that feels. And I, and I invite everyone, you know, to be authentic in their life right now. And, you know, like, what I'm doing right now is not comfortable in some aspects, right? It'd be much easier to keep everything the same and try to just like mail it in as best I can. However, what I find is, is that like it's impeding my growth. And so I'm taking the next step. I invite you to like join me uh, and follow the Evolution Project. There is an Evolution Project on, it's the Evolution Project, not Evolution Project. And it's on Instagram and Facebook. And that's where I'm gonna start three times a week, putting some content out there and maybe start like a Facebook group too, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, like a, where, where men can go and, yes. and, you know, have a, have an outlet during the week. Well, I'm, I'm doing men's, men's, uh, circles with Joe Spearden. Okay. And, um, I know that Joey did that and I can't remember the name of it. I'll need to probably share it. Yeah. Cause that would be a good place. That's what I need to do. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Brian. You're welcome. It's been perfect way to spend the afternoon. So thank that's you. right. My friend. Thank you, Chris. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Many thanks to Brian J. Hurd for sitting down with me and uh, taking some time out of his afternoon and recording this conversation with me. Such a great guy. I always learn so much from him every time I chat with him. So hopefully you reach out to him and, and text him, give him a call, let him know that you heard him on uh, this episode of I Am Salt Lake. Hey, the website for the podcast, IamSaltLake.com. Head on over there, dig through some of the back episodes as I have been chatting with awesome people over the last almost 10 years of doing this podcast. There are over 500 conversations there for you to listen to. If you want to get to know some of the awesome people in the Salt Lake Valley, go check out some of these back episodes because, oh my gosh, we have so many awesome individuals here in Salt Lake City. And if you're looking at moving to Salt Lake City, if you don't know where to start looking Uh, Like if you're looking for a home, I'd love to help you out. I'm a licensed realtor at Keller Williams. 
and I'd love to help you find your next home. Whether you're moving to Salt Lake City, whether you're looking to move across town, maybe you're looking to downsize because all the kids have moved out of the home and now you're like, I don't need this big of a home. Well, I'd love to help you out. My number is 801-244-2908. Give me a call, shoot me a text anytime, even if you just have a question. I'd love to help you out because, hey, you guys are my uh, my listeners and I want to help you guys out. So anyway, hey, with all that being said, get out and enjoy the city this week. Support local whenever possible and we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. <laughs>